Welcome to Thinking Past Sunday, where we discuss everything from theology to giving a biblical perspective on things of the unknown. As believers ourselves, we hope to interact with believers and non-believers alike, answering questions and giving insight into things not typically discussed in a Sunday morning service. Let's go! Alright guys, thanks for listening into Thinking Past Sunday. I'm Brett, and with me I have... William. William. And Jesse. And Jesse. And we're just going to jump right into it today. Uh, we have a, a question that was submitted through email. And um, the question, well, before we get to the question, if you have a question, you can call or text us at 417-319-4380, or you can email us at thinkingpastsunday at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Truth Social. And our handles are at the underscore TPS underscore podcast. And then our, our website is forgedbygrace.org. So the question that was submitted is, Jesse, you want to read it? Uh, what do you do when your children have walked away from the Lord? That is a good question. And I would imagine that uh, any person who is a parent who is following the Lord probably has to deal with that at some point, in some way, maybe, maybe not, or at least worry about it as their children are coming of age. I know I do. My kids are both in school still, but it is it is a concern of mine, a worry of mine. Well, it is a it's a it's a topic that's near and dear to me because I do have adult children that have walked away from their faith and are mm-hmm. not living a lifestyle, and uh, therefore I made some notes of some of the ways that. Uh, me and uh my wife actually deal with our children but we still uh i'm excited about talking about this you know in in this group and hearing other people's ideas and suggestions because you know i'd love to see my kids come back to a relationship with christ right my contribution may be somewhat limited in on this topic simply because experientially that's not by god's grace something i've had to deal with right i have a lot of friends who have um but and it's certainly not a commentary on my raising of my children or or even my wife's it was just by god's grace but uh, both her children are still you know very actively in the church and in the faith and um you know i've often said my my son is probably the best theologian i know and um i respect him for that but and so that's a huge blessing Mm-hmm. Um, and when I hear the experiences of people who are struggling with the issue, I, it reminds me of what a huge blessing that is. Yeah. Um, uh, because I, I can't imagine the heartache and the loss and just the concern. I mean, if you truly believe and your children don't know Christ, then mm-hmm. you believe obviously that they're going to face an eternity separated from, from God. And I mean, what wouldn't you do for your child? Right. Yeah. So I can't even imagine um, what those uh, parents go through. So experientially, that's not uh, something that I've had to deal with. Right. But um, yeah, I have some friends that have, and he's had some good advice that I'll I'll share as we go. Cool. Cool. Go for it, man. Uh, I brought kind of a six-step approach that me and my wife uh, try to stick to. Yeah. Um, like I said, we're not perfect people either. So we um, we struggle with this too. Mm-hmm. You know, you see your children, you you want to be around your children. 
no matter how you feel about where they're at or, um, so just with that said, you know, number two on my list, I'm, I'm actually going to start with number two is you, you, you love your children unconditionally. Right. You, you don't have limitations on, on, on your love for your children. Right. Uh, I think we see that as an example from God the Father who, you know, no matter what sin man committed or anything like that, he still sent his son to die for all of our sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and he loved us unconditionally. Now, that doesn't mean they get off scot-free. Right. Doesn't mean that there's not consequences to the actions that they live. And it doesn't mean that you have to accept everything they do. And we'll go through some of that as I go through. Um, my number one thing that I will say that I think you have to do is you got to pray for your children without mm-hmm. ceasing. You know, I cannot change my child's heart. Yeah. I can't do it. If I would, their, their, their heart would already be changed. Right. So, you know, one of the main things I have to do is pray without ceasing. Yeah. I, and I don't, I definitely don't want to, you know, I don't want to dominate this, but I also, you know, like I said, we get these points out here and kind of talk about them. Yeah. Uh, one being, uh, pray without ceasing. Two, like I already said, I already mentioned number two, but love them without, uh, exception. You know, you love them. You may not love what they do, but you love them no matter what. Three, no revenge. Yeah. You don't hold them to a point. Now you don't relish or approve of a, their bad behavior. Yeah. You don't, you don't condone. Mm-hmm. Or accept the sin that they bring in with their, with the, with the situation. Uh, but you, you're not seeking revenge. You're, you're allowing God to work in there. Um, you can't beat them into submission. Yeah. Four, share your faith and love, you know, encourage them to seek God in their struggles. My daughter will call me up sometimes and be like, dad, I just understand. I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And it's like, I know you don't want to hear this. But you need to stop and give it to God and you need to, you know, encourage them that when they're struggling that, you know, take it to God. Yeah. He's not, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have to make a true commitment there sometime. Number five, and this is a, a big one and a hard one at the same time for, for, for me. And it's to celebrate your joy in Christ with your children. Yeah. You know, when they're pushing away, you continue to remind them of your joy that you have in Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, I faced hardships. You guys face hardships. We all deal with things. I mean, we, we were just talking about some finance stuff that, that's happened to, to somebody that, you know, you know, their stuff got that somebody hacked their account. Well, you know, it's hard to be joyful and celebrate in Christ when somebody's just stole your money. Yeah. But, you know, we celebrate the, we still celebrate our joy in Christ, no matter what the situation is with our children, because as much as they don't want to hear about God, they can't argue with what God's doing in your heart, in your, your life. And six, it's going to sound familiar because it's the same as number one. Pray for your children without ceasing. Yeah. I have to put it on there twice because I have to remind myself that the best thing I can do for them is, is to pray. Yeah. It's vital with everything, but especially with spouses and our children and, and the facts. I mean, the world is out to just eat our our kids alive. Well, that's the fact that somebody asked the question. Yeah. I think is, is indicative of a, a an endemic problem that mm-hmm. we have in the church right now. And, um, and, and it's across denominations and it's across, um, across the board. 
Um, we are, as Christian parents, facing an uphill battle if our children are in public schools. Yeah. Uh, that, that's just the fact. Now, they, I'm not, um, I'm not condemning public education and, you know, I, I teach at a high school. It happens to be a private high school, but still, I, I believe in education, obviously. But, um, the things that are taught as the foundations, mm-hmm. um, of worldview and understanding are pagan and unapologetically pagan and applaudedly pagan. Mm-hmm. And, and it starts from the youngest grade. And so as a parent, you're trying to undo in only a fraction of the time what the school has the majority of the time to do. Yeah. If you think about it, I'd, I'd, I've never calculated it, but your child spends more hours a week with their teacher in the public schools than they probably do with you. Yeah. Even though, because most of the time they're with you, you know, they're eating, doing homework or sleeping or sleeping something like and, that. And yeah. Starting so, over again. So you're well, trying to do in just a few hours what the school has had, you know, multiple spend, hours to they, do. They spend about seven and a half hours in school and about five waking hours at home. Yeah. Okay. So, so you're on Mac just time wise, you, you have a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. And then the, just the peer pressure and the, you and I as individuals, we don't have, um, the resources for the outright propaganda yeah. and manipulation. And, you know, we, they just bombarded with these messages, um, that are, they're pagan or yeah. at least not reflective of a biblical view of the world and of lifestyle and so forth. So we just need to admit that we're, we're fighting an uphill battle. We can't do that alone. No, uh, we, that's one of the reasons, um, that we need to pray for each other as well as for our children because and, and you we say, need wisdom. You say uphill, but it, it, well, it's beyond, that's an it, understatement. It, it? Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a, it's like climbing a mountain. Like it, yeah. we've, we've been kind of dealing with this, uh, the past couple of weeks. There's, we found out there's some books, that are uh, in the school libraries now that are just worded pornography. Right. And you take it to the school and, uh, and they don't seem to really care much. No. And, and, and yeah, you're painted as, you know, you're like a, you know, book burning Nazi or something. Right. You know, you're painted as a yeah. bad guy. And yet, you know, if they were handing out Bibles to read in every classroom, somebody would, you know, yeah, lose their mind over it. Uh, so it seems to be the the only thing you can. Um, oh, what's don't don't think you're allowed to uh, curtail is the truth. Yeah, and yet everything else is is you know protected somehow. And, and it's it is it's it's unapologetically one sided anymore. And th- that concerns me. And although my kids are grown, uh, you know, I have grand grandkids <coughs> now, and uh, I, I worry about the world they're going to be facing where everything is assumed to be right. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Thomas Paine famously said, too long thinking a thing not wrong leads to the conclusion that the thing is right. Yeah. Um, when in fact it may be horribly wrong. Um, so it, it's been a, a slow progression, but that, that is picking up speed lately. Exponentially, it seems like. It has. Yeah, we, we it's like we all saw it coming, but like you said, it was so slow, it's... Maybe we dropped our guard a little bit in some ways, and then out of nowhere, it's just boom, it's right. full force. And it, like with the book, for example, it just happens. One, I assumed, I don't know why I assumed this, I shouldn't have, that all parents would be against their kids reading this garbage. 
but there's yeah. there's plenty of parents who are fighting for it. I'm like, what? What? How? Yeah. And part of it, I think, is, and I'm not trying to get us on a, a, a rabbit hole here, is this specific book describes homosexual relations. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm against that. But even if it was heterosexual relations, we don't need to be in the libraries for our young junior high kids to read. So, so because it is that, it's more of a, oh, you're homophobic. No, I just don't want my kid reading detailed sex acts. Yeah, graphic des- <laughs> descriptions of intimacy sexually right. um, have no place regardless of right. the orientation or, and so forth. I mean, it's in a, in a junior high. Junior high. Tell me what possible reason they would need that book. Yeah. I mean, the, the library is supposed to be there for their educational assistance. Yeah. I mean, those are things they need. They don't need to read that. Yeah. Uh, by any stretch. And the crazy part is this book is on a – I can't remember the name of the list, but there's a list of books that basically get put in libraries, and then the kids get awarded for reading these books. And I can't think of the name of it, but it's it's just mind-blowing. And it, it, So it, not only is it available, they're encouraged to they're get encouraged, this specific yeah. book. And I believe in the junior high it was just – and I could be wrong here. It might have – they might have changed this, but I think – the agreement at one point was, um, in the junior high at least, that it had to be approved by the parents for the child to check it out. But the high school is, is free game. Yeah. So it, 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 it's it, just, it's wild. Somebody somewhere is making those decisions. Yeah. And if you go to the school board, but, but if you as a parent go to the school board meeting now and, mm-hmm. and so much as criticize and, you know, raise your voice, now you're a... Domestic, you know, a terrorist. domestic terrorist, domestic terrorist, or something. terrorist yeah. So they're systematically, um, and people want to think, oh, all the the evil we see around us, and all the sort of pagan agendas around us, they're way off in Washington and whatever. They're local, yeah. Apparently, because some local school board member, yeah. here in you know the Bible Belt, yeah. uh, is making these decisions, and, and it, they start off in places like D.C. and oh, yeah. the the yeah. coast and stuff, but. They do come here. Oh, we got to prove that we're enlightened, just like everybody else, man. Yeah, yeah. But, anyways, I didn't mean to chase that. It just goes to show that the the world. I mean, the enemy is. He does not want our kids to, to uh, further the kingdom at all. (laughs) No, and and the enemy is um, committed to stealing the hearts and minds of your of our children, yeah, and our grandchildren, and that is a difficult thing to guard against and we have to be consistent we have to be steadfast one of the things that um i think is hard for us to recognize sometimes is um, when children at a certain age step away from their faith i think it's important to recognize in most cases in all likelihood um they're not stepping away from their faith because it was never their faith. Yeah, They're stepping right. away from your faith. Right. Uh, which they went along with and accepted in some tacit way because they're your children. But mm-hmm. at some point, and it's usually, you know, late high school uh, when they become more and more independent, as they should, as yeah. human beings, we're supposed to become more and more independent. Um, they step away, not because they're stepping away from their faith, but just a faith that never really became theirs. Right. So in a way, what we see happening is you know, the, the public is out to take their minds a completely different direction. And somehow the church is failing to 
to make it their faith. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we, we need to be more intentional about that. Um, and I don't, I don't pretend to have all the answers or any of them, but um, it, it is a concern. Yeah. You know, um, the other thing I think we, on this subject, we need to kind of talk about is, are we talking about adult children or are we talking about kids that still live at home? Right. Because if you're talking about adult children, you're talking about a difference versus yeah. how I would handle my kids living at home. Because yeah. my kids are adults, so, you know, I don't get to, you know, dictate, right. if you will, you know, the but circumstances. I think, but I think there's yeah. a difference of how we would advise somebody that's, sure. not that the core message would be different, but just how we, we you know. Right. And I think that is an important distinction to make because you do have a little more, um, there, there's some nuances when they're living at home that you, um, that are present that are not when yeah. obviously they're adults and living yeah. in their own home and whatever. Um, I, I've seen that, um, particularly as young people that for whatever reason, uh, do not accept your faith. They, they, start having more and more pushback though as as they enter into late high school yeah and that's when you begin to see it now once they're out of the house that it's hard to it's hard to fight that um so you're right jesse it is a very different dynamic but one of the things that i would i would suggest is uh, in late high school when that begins to happen because typically i think this is where you first begin to see it Mm -hmm. um young people um, like to try to turn the tables yeah on us and by that i mean they will say well if, if you make me go to church you don't respect me well the bible never says i have to yeah you know your children are to respect you mm-hmm. you are to love your children and raise them but they are to respect you not the other way around and i'm not saying we shouldn't i'm just saying the biblical mandate is for your children to respect you yeah and it's your home so it and you know i like like i said it's people might think and whatever it's easy to say when your kids wanted to go to church or whatever but um there was just not not any question you know yeah. if, if, if in my house we go we're going to church yeah, yeah that was that was one yeah. of the points i wanted to make was you know they they still they're in high school they live with you they're yeah. not 18 they're not adults yeah you know you get to still dictate yeah. You're going to church. You're going to participate in family family Bible study time. You want to tell me how I'm wrong? Fine. Come 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 to the Bible time with you and be prepared, and we'll we'll discuss the things together. But right. you know, um, but a lot of parents don't though. What, right. what what do we fear as parents if we say, "Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make them go to church. That would be horrible." Let me tell you something. I'm from a generation where. Your parents made you go to church, mm-hmm. and the generation before me, a lot of them will tell you when they were younger, uh, you know, their, their parents drugged them to church every Sunday. But you know what? Those generations are still in the church; they're yeah. still with us. Yeah, yeah. So don't don't think you're going to destroy your child's chances of having faith if you make them go to church. Yeah, um, right. Because they still get to they still have to make their own choice. You know, the Bible the Bible's clear. We don't get to make the choice of salvation for anybody. Right. You know, brother be against brother, husband against wife, you know, uh, you know, Jesus comes, if you're a believer, Jesus comes before all real other relationships. Yeah. Something I learned actually from my wife was like, like, she's like, look, I love you, but Jesus comes first. What do you mean Jesus comes first? Now, again, just so for people that don't know me, my wife was saved before I was. I got saved as an adult. 
So I didn't grow up in the church. And before I knew Jesus, my wife was my everything. Yeah. And some people go, oh, she's still your everything. She is short of Jesus. There's no doubt she's my greatest earthly relationship. Mm-hmm. And she is my everything short of Jesus. And and she's she's supposed to be. Right. Yeah. And she's, she's and she's and she knows she comes a a distant second. Yeah. Un, as much as I love her, she's a distant second to Christ. And when you keep Christ first, that that relationship with your spouse, like it It's better. It's way better. It's better. And it's it's way it, yeah, it's 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 an amazing thing. Amazing, you know, God made that that uh, umbrella, so to, or however you want to describe it, like no. his order, yeah. it, it makes sense. Uh, well, not to the world; they they hate his order, but uh, but that is when our, you go by his order, it, it's pretty amazing how. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know why would anyone would balk at at that, but you know, there are some that do. Oh, that there are some that definitely. But do. you know, our highest allegiance is to Christ. Yeah, to God. But interestingly, uh, one of the first things he says to husbands is what. Love your, love your wives. Love your wives. Yeah, and and then, as Christ yeah, loved the church. Yeah, and and then there's a period, mm-hmm. like that. No, no. If she yeah. or you know because she or only if she whatever. It's love your wives. Uh, that's that's the mandate. And so, um, if we're going to live with our highest allegiance to the Lord, then the first thing we do as husbands is love our wives. Yeah. Which is, and a, a, another thing I've noticed that a lot of people get backwards, and I I do understand this, but it is backwards. And even in uh, I've seen a lot of Christians say this as well. Um, they will children are before spouse. Yeah, and no. yeah, no, that's not the case either. No, um, you know, you, I get why they would think that because you're talking about. You know, you know, half of your DNA. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I get you that too. That, but, but but there there are people uh, that I've known, and, and probably you too, um, that that we've known who basically their marriage either while the children were still at home, their marriage suffered or maybe even was ended yeah. because one spouse or the other uh, put the children first yeah. always. Mm-hmm. Um, and and even if it survives until the children are into adulthood, suddenly you have two people sitting in a room who no longer have anything in common mm-hmm. because the only thing that held them together that they had in common was what you know their children. Yeah. Uh, all the and man, children have so many extracurricular things, and you know, we just we dump everything into our children. And I'm not saying we shouldn't. We should put a great energies into our children, but every couple needs and must carve out. Some time just for them, where it's just the two of you. Yeah. Because if you don't nurture that relationship, their children are not designed to be with you forever. Right. So you have empty nesters um, that end up splitting up. Yeah, as soon as the kids are gone. Yeah, as soon as the kids are gone. They realize then, they don't even know yeah. each other anymore, and boom, they're gone. Yeah. yeah. And and that's, to me, that, that's a huge tragedy. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, and in that order, though, like if it, keeping your spouse second to God— that would benefit, you would think, the uh, the whole dis- discussion of the day is uh, yeah. uh, that you know when children grow up in the proper order, as, if, if I'm making sense, I would think that there's a a better chance of them going into the world and 
maybe making it a little i don't right. i don't know well as we often do we're a little bit of field of the, the question so I'd, I'd like to try to return to it because it, yeah. seems, it seems to me we've done uh, we're becoming politicians we've yeah. we've, we've <laughs> said a lot and not answered the question not answer the question um yeah. and and the truth is uh for me and i'm just being confessional here for me it's just you know, easier to chase rabbits and talk about something I feel yeah. like I know when the truth is I don't I don't know for sure. What what do you do other than pray? And and this the six things you've talked about are absolutely spot on. Yeah. Um but we feel like, or at least I, I think I, I would feel like this doesn't bring them back. Well the prayer, I mean obviously that's well, the best thing we can do. And only only the Lord, as you said, only the Lord can bring them back. Correct. But what do you do? Um because parents want to do, they want to fix. Yeah. You know, if your child is sick, you get them medication. You take them to that. You do whatever, you know, they needed clothes. You went and bought clothes. Their whole life, you you, you fix whatever the problem is. And now there's this eternal problem mm-hmm. that you can't fix. You can't fix. And it's, uh, ah, it's just, it, it would be devastating. And it, it is devastating to so many people. How, how do you, how do you do that? So... Uh, like I said, you know, I, I, I obviously don't have the answer, even though I live in this situation. I don't have the answer because my kids aren't back. Yeah. Right. So I don't, I don't have that answer. All I can tell you is these are the steps that I'm taking to try to bring my kids back. Right. Um, and, and so far they haven't worked for me. And I don't, I don't know the answer. And if you know the answer, I'd, gl- I'd be glad to try something different or if you have something different or, or you want to discuss any one of these steps and, you know, how does that, how do you think that makes a difference in their life or? Well, I think, um, I think the list is spot on. I think this whole conversation has a good dynamic because we're all on different levels or pages of the situation. I still have kids in school that my, you know, my daughter's a senior. So this is a concern because she's going to be leaving for college and she wants to go across the country and kind of it's like, okay, she's got a strong will, strong head. That's great. But I'm still terrified. Sure. You, like you said earlier, you, it's not a situation that you've had to deal with and that is a blessing. And then you have adult kids who have walked away. So it's, I think the list is spot on. And I think what it comes down to no matter how much it sucks to think about is the prayer and all of that, but then just being continuous with it and trusting. I mean, we, we do have to just at, in some sense, just sit back and trust that, that our prayers are being heard and, and, and hoping that, that, that God is, is that there's con- conviction at some point, right. you know? Well, we know we trust in God's character right. and his goodness and, and his faithfulness. Uh, that doesn't always mean he answers the prayers the way we wish they right. would be answered. But, um, and, and this piece of advice comes from a friend of mine who, um, who has a son that is, um, openly, um, living in homosexual relationships and so forth. And, but he still maintains, um, you know, this list that uh, he prays for him. He, he continues to do what he does. Uh, he does missionary work and teaching and, um, men's ministries. Um, but he, he also maintains a very close relationship with this son. Yeah. They go to the gym and work out all the time. And so they, they still are, are close. But the one thing I admire about him is he just, he does not waver. He's unwavering on where he, uh, what his position is on this issue. Yeah. Because for whatever reason, and and I have my own theories about it that we we could talk about in another episode or 
or maybe I just should never talk about it. I don't know. But <laughs> anyway, I have my own theories about the why of it. But um, his son just repeatedly, uh, less and less, but still, he just keeps circling back to it and trying to convince my friend um, that why his position is okay. Yeah. And wants to engage him in repeated arguments about, you know, whether this is right or wrong. And he, he said, sometimes you could, I can just tell when he comes over the house, I can just tell he has come loaded for bear and he wants to argue with me. Hmm. And so, you know, the first number of times he engaged that they had a, you know, good, he said, loving conversation. They just don't agree or whatever, but uh, it's unrelenting. Yeah. And so now it's to the point that he says, you know, if, if his son starts that, and this is what we have to risk, I, I think, is he just he just says, we, ha- we have talked about that. I've not changed my position. You need to leave. Mm. And to tell your own child they need to leave your home, that's incredibly hard. Yeah. yeah. But it upsets his wife. He gets everybody worked up and emotional upset by, by bringing this argument. And so he's had to say, you know, I, my, again, my wife is my primary concern right now. All his kids are grown. That's his, that is the relationship he has to protect. And if, even if it's his own son comes in upsetting the household and upsetting, wounding her in some way, then he chooses his wife and he just says, you got to go. You know, you can come back tomorrow. I'll say whatever you, but you got to go. But don't come over here wanting to argue with me because I love you and you're welcome, but not, not if that's your agenda. And then his son will turn that on and say, well, you know, if, if I walk away, I'm not coming back. And he just says, that's on you. Mm. You know, if you choose to become estranged, if you choose not to have a relationship with me because I won't argue with you, don't make me the bad guy. Yeah. I mean, I. So anyway, I, I think that's wise, but I've also seen how tough that is for him. I mean, he told, I can he only told, he, oh, he told me this story tearfully that, yeah. you know, he it's... just has to tell his son, you're not welcome in my home right now. I've not had to do to the point of telling my kids they had to leave, but I've had the point where it's like this conversation is over. Right. Because they will, and, and, and they do it, they, they don't do it with me so much because, you know, but they will attack my wife with something. And I'd be, I have to step in and say, that's enough. Yeah. And I think that's your role. I do. I, uh, I know that's you very. Know, you know, egalitarian of me or whatever, but that, that is your role, right? To protect yeah. your wife. Um, that, that's enough, you know, and, and they, you know, and, and I, and we've talked about this on other episodes about other things and I, I still say it, you know, and, and it's society as a whole. It's my kids do this too. It's, you know, you have to be accepting. Okay. Now that you've, now that, now that you're kind of accepting, I need you to verify that. Yeah. You're, it's, it's okay with you. Yeah. And then they want you to celebrate it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no. Yeah. Well, we need to I be... accept that you, you, that, that you, you, that you bought into that lie. I accept that. Yeah. And that's what we have to be careful we're defining. Right. What does I, it mean I, to be accepting? I yeah. accept that you believe that, but I don't. I still think it's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's scripturally still wrong. And I had one of my children try to, he's like, well, the Bible says, okay. I read my Bible daily. What's it say? <laughs> and he tried to tell me that Paul had said something that 
that Paul, I was like, no, 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 no. Let's, you want to read, you want to talk about the words of Paul? He basically wanted to tell me that Paul had okay to homosexuality at some point. I'm going, no, no, let's read, let's read Paul's words. Let's go to Romans chapter one and read the words real quick. And he, I said, he clearly states, Paul's writing clearly states that sexual immorality, including turning your, you know, a, a man's desire for a man and a woman's desire for a woman is sexual immorality and not acceptable. Yeah. You know, you, you can't tell me that, you know, you find me a writing of Paul that says it's okay because there's not one. Right. That's absolutely true. And and people that, um, it, it just astounds me, and I've said this many times from the pulpit. I may have said it here, I guess. I, I need to keep a list of things not to say again because <laughs> I say the same thing. All the time. But, uh, you know, the the tendency or the the liberty that people seem to think they have to redefine what it means to be Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Because now you have people using the words of Christ, and the the, the blasphemy is just outrageous to me, but um, there are billboards talk where Jesus said, love your neighbor, and, you know, loving your neighbor is to approve abortions. Yeah. I'm like, seriously, we're going to take God's words and use them against God? I did that in my personal life one time, and let me tell you something. The Lord just undid me mm-hmm. in an instant. I've, I've never felt true, true fear of the Lord as in that few moments, few seconds. And, oh, you do not mock God and turn his own words against him. Uh, he did, does not take kindly to that. Um, and, boy, the Heavenly Father just, uh, it, it was a, I, I knew I had just crossed the line. Yeah. You know, and uh, he was not pleased with me. And that that's a terrifying thing. But anyway, um, yeah, you don't have the liberty to to change what it means to be Christian. Now, you can say, well, I just don't agree. That's fine. I, yeah. I, I concur. You don't agree. Um, you know, but don't say, uh, I'm a Christian and I love the word of God and I believe the word of God, but I'm going to change what it says. Yeah. To, you know, that, that's not, you don't have that right. Something I want to do, not on this episode, because it's got to be more of an in-depth thing, but I've noticed since you were kind of talking about Jesse, um, people who claim the Christian faith, but are also homosexuals. Um, they claim that the wording, uh, the words that mean homosexual or whatever are misinterpreted and actually mean other things. And through t- interpretation, uh, the, the messing up of the interpretation, that's why we're against homosexual, homosexual relations right now. But before they, they, they were, they were acceptable because we've through translation, of this, these, I think there's two words. I could be wrong there. Um, anyways, so yeah. I think we should do, uh, at some point, do kind of a, a word study on those specific words and dig deep into original um, meaning because I would say there's probably chances maybe the words have more than one meaning. I don't know. Um, but I don't want to jump too far into that because we don't have the words in front of us. But. Yeah. And and we're not we are not at least I don't think we are uh, specifically uh, limiting this discussion to children no. who have stepped into an alternative lifestyle. Right, right. No, no. Although that seems to be very more and more common. Yeah, uh, be the thing that sort of uh, draws them away. Mm-hmm. You know, I was talking to a gentleman at a restaurant one one time, and um, very nice, 
man, and he asked what I did, and I told him, and he said, oh, I used to go to church. I said, really? I said, um, you don't go anymore. He said, no. He said, I just I just think the church has got some things wrong. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, um, do you mind telling me what it is you think the church has got wrong? And he said, well, you know, on the whole homosexual issue. And I said, are you? And he said, what? I said, are, are you homosexual? He said, oh, yeah. Me being who I am, I, I looked at him and said, I just have one question for you. And he said, what's that? And I said, do you think I'm cute? <laughs> so I was, I was trying to break the ice. But anyway, he just, yeah, ironically, he just, uh, yeah, he had a comment about that too, which was not what I expected. Uh, but we had a good laugh. And But I, you know, I was trying to demonstrate to him that, you know what, I can talk to you. I can respect you, even though, mm-hmm. you know, we are going to vastly disagree about uh, what the Bible has to say about that. But I can treat you with respect and uh you know like i do with everybody you know i'm i have kind of a dry sense of humor and so i was um trying to demonstrate a um openness to discussion with him and we had a good talk uh we agreed in the end that i think he was wrong and he thinks that i'm wrong yeah but you know there was no combativeness to it i i didn't it's, think anyway it's, it was, it's a know. lost art form yeah, yeah, where where um, I think, and I think that is one of the ma- the issues is okay, we're supposed to love, but we still have to stand solid on our beliefs. We cannot backstep and give them, right. you know, it's, uh, it's and it it's hard to know where to draw the line sometimes. I but I didn't yeah. feel like I you know I in fact I was I was openly categorically and equivocally saying I don't agree with your lifestyle. Yeah, so I, I was yeah. in no way condoning. What mm-hmm. he was, what he was wanting me to condone, I mean, you know, the fact is, he really never acted like he wanted my approval. He was just telling me what he thought. Yeah, and I think if we as as believers would not be terrified about what somebody else might think in terms of can I respond to their argument? Can I? Because we always feel this need to respond. Mm-hmm. Okay, if if I have somebody gonna going to tell me this is what I think about homosexuality or this is what I think about going to church or this is what I think about you just name the subject Mm -hmm. as Christians sometimes we feel like well I I have to have some kind of you know insightful theologically deep biblical answer and response sometimes you just need to listen and say okay I I hear what you're saying Um, I disagree and this is what I think you know nobody can argue about what you think yeah. You know what I mean? That's true. So, um, I don't know. I, I think we would be further along in um, being understood and not seen as, oh, I hate the word haters, but I guess it's descriptive. We, you know, we're yeah. seen as haters. We are. Um, and, and that's unfortunate because I, I just... It is unfortunate because, you know, one thing that, you know, I impressed with my children, and, and, and they will tell you this. They will tell you that they are well-loved. Yeah. Even though we disagree, even though we don't see to eye to eye, they know they're loved and they know they can call me and we'll talk about any problem they have and they will always get a loving answer. My best advice and ultimately at the end, I will always tell them I will pray for them. Yeah. But I pray for them daily anyway, so... And I would pray for my children daily, I think, even if they weren't lost. But they definitely get prayed daily because they're lost. And I want them to be found. Because I would like an eternal relationship with my children and not just a great earthly one. What do you – 
what to do about it now that it's so prevalent, you know, is, is an ongoing discussion. And I, I don't know that anybody has definitive answers. Um, but if we could back up a minute, what do you think is the reason? What's causing it? Why are children, you know, this generation walking away seemingly in mass from the church? And not all of them, obviously, and, and I'm, there, there's always going to be a church. Um, but boy, we are losing people, uh, young adults, on an epic scale. Well, I, I think, you know, the church itself is on that same uphill battle that, that we were talking about the parents being on. Yeah. You know, it's the world is, you know, in a Christian home, hopefully, and I, I dropped the ball on this like crazy, you know, but hopefully in a Christian home, they are learning to live the faith within the home. And then you have, you know, your church family and everything. So you have the home and the church. You have two places that are saying this, this is truth. But then you have literally everything else in the world saying, no, that's, that's not the truth. That's, that's bigoted. That's hatred. That's whatever. Um, You have to accept this. You have to live, you know, it's an uphill battle because the whole world is, is against everything that we stand for. But hasn't that, um, in, in a lot of ways, always been the case for well, the church? I mean, you look at the first century church, you know, Roman culture was pagan to the core. Yeah. And yet somehow uh, people seem to have been more successful in passing their faith along to the following generations. And um, so we're just so much... Better well, at <laughs> paganism I, I, now, I guess. I don't I, know. Well, there's a few reasons I think you can you can point to, and I, you know, and, that, and I'm just going to spitball some things out there. We we mentioned it already a couple times. Public education, yeah. You know, up until the 40s, most education was done through home and church, yeah. And then in the 50s and onward, you get this push for public education, standardizing education, sending your kids to a school to learn. Um, I, I definitely, and, and, and since that time, we have seen a decline in mm-hmm. Christianity. Uh, the last 20 years, almost 30 years, God, I'm getting old. Mm-hmm. We've seen the growth of the internet and social media and all of these other things that you do, you know, you, you used to have to go outside the world to get bombarded with now comes to you bombarding your computer, bombarding your TV, bombarding the, the every eight year old in America almost has a cell phone. Yeah. And this thing is an unlimited. There's no, unless you're a parent that, you know, watches everything your kid does on it. There's no, there's no, the, the kids are smarter than us. They get around any filter you put on it. It's 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 a bombardment. It's an easement of this stuff to come into our households. Yeah, and I don't want to. Not that I'm trying to make an excuse. You know, me and my wife sat down. We had conversations. Where did we fail our kids? Well, I think that's an important thing to address right now. So go go on, go ahead. Because I think a lot of parents have a lot of needless guilt. Uh, Well, you know, and, and it's that's you know. Well, we were not always 100% consistent on Bible study. We weren't always, we made mistakes. People make mistakes. Yeah. And, and, and I pray that none of my mistakes are eternal mistakes for my children. Yeah. But you know what? Again, though, when we look back over it, our kids don't question whether they were loved. Yeah. 
They don't question my Christianity. They don't question my belief in a sovereign God. I did not fail my children in that. They know where my belief is. They know what I wish for them. Therefore, did I fail my children? Well, if my kids didn't know I was a Christian, if my kids didn't know that I believed in this, if my kids, I would have failed my children. Right. Well, any loving parent's going to... But you're going to struggle with, with, yeah. did, did right. I do something? Did, did, right. you know. Well, you know, that it's interesting that dynamic, and people may not realize this unless you've been one, but as a pastor, um, you take that same kind of dynamic where a parent whose children are not living by, by their faith, uh, they feel a certain guilt or responsibility, these nagging questions of what did I do wrong or, um, or fail to do right, mm-hmm. um, Pastor. I feel the same way. I, I look around. If you if you look around in a congregation and you know there are people in your congregation living contrary to Scripture, it's easy to say, "What am I? What am I doing wrong? Yeah. What What did I fail to articulate that well enough? Did mm-hmm. I not? Did I not point that out? To, you know, or what did I fail to do right? Am I not encouraging enough? Am I not loving enough? Attentive enough? And so, um. This responsibility that we carry within ourselves for other people's faith and how they live that out, um, I think is appropriate mm-hmm. to a certain level, but can become detrimental to us. Oh, for sure. Because I, I can only, uh, you know, I was talking to the elders about um, some of, some things along those lines, several elders meetings ago, that makes sense. Um, and one of them said, here's, the, you cannot make people live the word all you can do is preach the truth yeah and i i see you every sunday preaching the truth and what people do with it that's on them i mean and yeah but it is a burden though that we uh like i said i think in some ways an appropriate one because we care we care about people you know and you want people to to do right and and you know know christ in a deeper way i also think um back uh I think it's so much easier because of everything you just mentioned, Jesse, to be, and this goes for Christian parents, non-Christian parents, to be a lazy parent because oh, we yeah. have so many other, you know, whether it's gaming systems or internet or whatever, you know, and, yeah. and I, and I, I, I fall into that category in many ways, you know, to, yeah. so it's easy to just not be as involved. You're doing your thing while the kids are keeping themselves entertained that's not well it's not good it's not safe no you know and, and you know it, it is tempting and it's it's not you know sometimes we think temptations come as these sort of really obviously evil things right. they're tempting us with you know you know in some obvious way that that uh, we should Im- immediately recognize well, you know it's it comes subtly and slowly and positively it's fun yeah you know it's just it's just a little pastime right now i'm well that's that's a rabbit hole we don't want to go down probably but i i am resisting but (laughs) not as much as i should because i i'm resisting buying buying an oculus um (laughs) because i made the mistake of putting one on at the discovery the discovery zone or whatever it was lottie had her birthday party down there i never never done i never had one on and I've seen these videos of people destroying the TV or falling into the wall or falling down. And yeah. and honestly, if I if I was honest, I watch those videos. And I'm like, you're not really falling from a building. How stupid can you be? 
you know, you're not really fighting a monster. What, you know, so I thought, this is, what is wrong mm-hmm. with these people? Yeah. Well, I put the thing on and I was on a space station. So I was like floating, started spinning sideways and I was trying to, to right myself. And yeah. so I fell over against the workbench that where this thing was and I'm reaching around trying to find something to hold on to. And, and, uh, anyway, so I immediately understood how people yeah. fall down. But my, my point to all that is now I want one. Yeah. And I keep telling myself, what am I going to do if I get one? I'll tell you. I'm going to play with it. That's what I'm going to well, do. And I'm going to spend way too much time in some non-reality. Well, that's the thing. And, and we are in a hole here. And I'll, yeah, dig, we are. I'll dig us I'm out. So, I'm but, sorry. <laughs> Throw um, us a lifeline, Jesse. I, uh, I've got one for you here in a second, but I'm going to let Brett um, We have one. And uh, I an Oculus. And you never told me that. Yeah. <laughs> <It's in laughs> my kids are borrowing mine right now, but I have it's one in the too, next by room. the way. But there's um, – you said it's not reality, and it's not. But the push is for it to be the reality. Yes. That's... And and it's kind of crazy. and it's, it's cool, but it's scary yeah. to think about that. Um, but I have actually been into um, – and I couldn't even tell you where. But, yeah, uh, I've been into rooms where people from all over who knows where sitting there on this couch. And this is, you know, because you're – you're in your room, but you're with other people who are in their rooms, but you're oh, in, this in is the on virtual. The this is on the oh, – so you're in a virtual okay, room okay, a virtual with people room. from wherever. And there's somebody leading a Bible study for just – I mean, only God knows who these people are and where they're at. But leading a Bible study or preaching a sermon or, uh, you know, just – so it, there is a an interesting, like – you well, can use it, I guess. You know what? I'm going to get a T-shirt that says, Hallelujah, my avatar was saved today. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, there's always there can that always be the, the ability for good. Yeah. But there is much greater ability for evil. I, I say that all yeah. the time. Even the Internet. When the Internet came around, you know, it was all this, oh, we're going to have this free trading of ideas yeah. and da-da-da-da-da. And pornography became... Like the number one worldwide, yeah, company in the world or industry in the world. Yep. So it's. But I am going to give us a lifeline here when we're okay. do, when we're talking about our children or anything you want to talk about in all reality. You know, I talked about praying, and I, I say it's on my list twice. But I'm going to give a, bi- a Bible verse to remember as you're trying to witness, talk to, be with your children and tell them about the importance of God. When you're doing it, remember this. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Amen. You know, so as you are struggling with your kids walking away from your faith, but we all know is the only, as Christian, it's the only true saving faith. As they're walking away from it, when you are trying to bring them back to it, you're doing it for the Lord and you're doing it through the Lord and you just do it in that capacity. And you cannot fail, no matter your kid's reaction, no matter whether they accept or pull through or however you want to put it, you've done it as of unto the Lord, so you have succeeded in your faith to your God. I think that's that's uh, good advice. That's a good thing to remember. Yeah. Because you can feel like a failure. Um, and the enemy and, wants you know, us to feel like oh, yeah, a failure. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's, that's one of, I think, his easiest schemes is getting in our heads and 
yeah. making us feel to blame for, you know. Yeah. Well, I don't know that, uh, I don't know that there, like I said, I don't know if there are any definitive answers. Every situation is a little bit different. Yeah. But they all, um, the, the six things, six things Jesse was talking about, I think any situation is, it could be made better by those, by those things. Yeah, I agree completely. So, well, I think we covered that question fairly decent. Um, I, I think so. We I, didn't chase too many rabbit holes and the ones we did <laughs> kind of still kind of tied into just the, yeah. you know, it just, it's always, well, not always, but within the last few years, it just seems to me like, and I, I think, I guess I said this earlier, but it seems like the young are the ones that the enemy is really after and maybe always has been. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's sad. It really is. It's sad. Well, it's much harder to deal with somebody who has a mature faith. Yeah. That's, that's, that's spent time in the word and to, you know, it's, it's much harder to, and even if you are saved, but you don't understand the word, you know, it's hard to, to fight that. Yeah. And to be more easily persuaded that, you know, well, that's not, that's not necessarily bad. Whether it be fill in the blank, whether it be however your kid has walked away from Christ, whether they're believing in Hinduism or, you know, cause you still got, you know, some, some people, you know, all gods live, lead to the same path. No, no, no. Um, I think that's a pretty common belief nowadays. It seems oh, oh, like. oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. It's, it's been pushed yeah. so hard. Um, well, but, when, well, you know, but that's the, but that's the, and, and, and Jesus always knew it would be, that's the reason why he mm-hmm. said, Broad is the path that leads to destruction, and narrow yeah. is the gate. Yeah, you know, even rock and roll, if you will, had it. I think had it kind of right. You know, there's a highway to hell, but only a stairway to heaven. That's mm-hmm. an indication of which ones could have more traffic. Yeah, right. That's yeah. Well, that is that. That's such a prolific thing. Again, that is, maybe it's a topic for a whole nother um, podcast. But um, you know, I think Emmanuel Cleaver. When he prayed to open the the proceedings for the House of Representatives, um, summed it up nicely and um, heretically, because my understanding is, I mean, he's from the Kansas City area, so I'm mm-hmm. a little bit familiar with him. And my understanding is, I thought he was a minister of some kind. Well, when he opened with prayer, he he at the end addressed God as the God, the one God that all people pray to, called by many names by many different people. Etc. Etc. And then he said, "In the name of Brahma, yeah, we pray, Amen, and a woman." Mm-hmm. Well, everybody picked up on the last thing he said, the a woman, yeah, which was just stupid. But it, what shocked me was he just prayed in the name of a pagan god, yeah, and nobody, you know, nobody seemed to notice. Well, that's because, uh, as you were saying, the prolific idea that you know we're just we're all praying to the same supreme being, you know, call him what you want. doesn't matter. Nobody has it all right. Nobody has it all wrong. Yeah. Kind of mentality. So yeah, that's a, that is a growing mentality among most people. I think so. it's easier. It is. Oh, it's much easier. <laughs> yeah. We, we, you know? you, then, then you're all about just, you know, love. You can um, avoid conv- conviction and, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, I hope uh, we answered that um, fairly decent. Um, I do think that the six points that Jesse made were spot on. And, uh, yeah, I think it was a good discussion. So, Good luck. 
that's why I can tell you as you fight for your children's lives, good luck. Good luck. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and don't and, don't and stop. May, may Christ yeah. be with you. And, and and don't stop, you yeah. know. Don't stop. Yeah. Cuz you know what? Your kids may have heard it a thousand times from you. But maybe a thousand and one the Holy Spirit finally softens their heart and it clicks. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, our timing is never uh the same as God's it seems to be. Yeah. And that's not to say stop at a thousand and one either. <laughs> right. Just you know, keep like on said, keep on going. All right, guys. Uh hope this uh helped. And um I'm sure that there are many out there. Well, any parent at mm. some point will struggle in some way, I think. At least with the thought of what if. Yeah. It, even if they don't, uh what if, you know. So we love you guys and um thanks for listening in and uh we'll catch you on the next episode. 